Hi everyone, this is episode one of season four and today we are kicking things off with guest Peter Maynard from Select X. Hi Peter. Hi Catherine. Today we are talking about how underwriting manuals are developed, how these are used by insurers and the role of manual and automatic underwriting. This is the Practical Protection Podcast. So Peter, how are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. Good. I think, um, I don't know about you, but the weather seems a little bit, um, I think we've had our British summer up here in the, in the north. I think we've had a good three days of sunshine and that's probably us. We should count ourselves lucky, really, maybe. Well, I think we've had our three our three days down in the south as well. So okay. uh, I've, uh, I've, I've resigned myself to, um, uh, uh, to autumn now. Yes, I think that's that's probably a good idea. Very, very good idea. I'm a, sounds terrible, but I'm hoping my uh, eldest son's uh, football match is uh, is not on today. I don't fancy um don't fancy standing out in this at the moment. Um, so to start everything off, then Peter, if you can please just start off by telling me a bit about yourself and your background with underwriting, please. Okay, my 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 background goes back um, um, more years than I care to uh, to admit to. Um, my Career before Stacktex was uh, really in, in, in reinsurance, um, and I, I, I ended up as head of research for Swiss Re. But I got there via uh, a lot of underwriting, plus some product development, some marketing, some marketing research, and um, uh, corporate planning. Importantly, from the point of view of our conversation today, um, I wrote and was involved in creating and revising a number of underwriting manuals. And um, uh, given that I worked for uh, M&G Re, which was taken over eventually by, by, by Swiss Re, um, which was the biggest um, reinsurer at the time, and I'm talking about the late 1980s, sorry, the late 1970s and um, uh, 80s, you could say that together with Dr. Brackenridge, who is um, uh, one of the best known um, uh, consulting medical officers uh, ever, uh, and, and not just in the UK, but he had a worldwide, worldwide reputation. Um, t- t- together with him, we, you know, we, we influenced the underwriting policy for, the, uh, for much of the UK market. And you know, really, uh, those days, I think, were quite e- exciting in, in terms of underwriting because we were then pushing, pushing the boundaries of insurability and consolidating life underwriting as a science uh, rather than a combination of art and taking a bit of a chance on um, risks which weren't which weren't normal, and you know, prior to that, insurers have been quite wary of risks like um, uh, diabetes and high blood pressure and coronary heart disease, risks which, for the most part, we take not exactly as uh, routine and run of the mill, but um, you know, they, they they aren't regarded as uh, that uh, exceptional and that much of a problem. I think uh, obviously thank you you know it's um it's really interesting to to hear how that sort of like, all comes together in in many ways um as an advisor I kind of I know what an underwriting manual is but I also don't really have a clue I think a big thing for me is I'm quite a visual person so I kind of always want to know what does it look like I kind of imagine I know you mentioned um, Dr Brackenridge then I have um, one of his books from I think it's about 1975 Steve Casey recommended I get it and it's it's fascinating to to look at it and I've got my team sort of reading some of the chapters just to see how how much 
um, knowledge and understanding has developed and how things are approached in a different way. So very much so you can see it in the chapter that covers um, HIV um, the the things that would be asked back in the 1970s compared to what they're asked now and the types of ratings that would happen, um, obviously far, far different. But I imagine that also comes down to us having a good well, 40 years worth of data to hand. Um, but I think in my mind, I kind of see, I, I automatically picture underwriting manuals as either a great big tome or as like a spreadsheet with numbers and if and or statements in them. Uh, and, and I imagine that's probably, I'm, I'm probably sorry, not in the right area at all. But what, what do they look like? Well, um, uh, you, you mentioned Brack's book and uh, Brack's book uh, used to be um, uh, known as the the underwriter's bible if you like and uh, that, that that's 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 how an underwriting um, um manual is to to some degree it's 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 more of a tome than a load of spreadsheets um but they they are online these days and they're um, um and they're not paper um they, there are probably more words than figures in the sense that um uh the the, the the underwriting manual is 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 a comprehensive um, uh, compilation of risk factors, so um, medical, uh, occupational, sports, travel, that sort of thing. There's a description of the risk, which um, might 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 vary in, um, in in extent. There's reference to uh, the the risks um, significance, which is you know, what why why underwriters should be interested in it and what the prognosis is. The sort of risk information which is required to enable uh, an underwriter to reach an underwriting decision. And then there are the rating guidelines uh, for a, a, a variety of benefits. So typically life insurance, income protection, uh, critical illness, and a range of additional benefits like uh, accidental death, uh, waiver of premium, um, uh, total permanent disability, that sort of thing. So, um, the, the, the idea is, is that primarily it's, um, it's a set of uh, realistic practical guidelines for uh, underwriters. It, it's, it's also used, used as a training resource as well. So if, if, if you're an underwriter uh, uh, starting out on, on, on your journey, almost the more information, the, the better. So it, it, it's a good way of learning about those, um, those, those risks which you're unfamiliar with. It's, it's quite interesting because say like for me, when I, so I train my team and uh, they have to be trained in, obviously I'm an advisor space, but they have to be trained in medical information, probably very similarly, I think to underwriters and, and to some extent, the knowledge when it comes to medical conditions. I do think underwriters in, in some areas are going to have much more in-depth knowledge and, you know, possibly some of our team would have more knowledge in some other areas as well. Um but it's interesting because what I would do, say if we take the diabetes example, you know, I train all of my team, you know, it'd be things like when was the diagnosis, what type of diabetes, what's the HbA1c, is there high blood pressure, if so, what's what's the reading, when was that taken, same for cholesterol reading, when is it taken, what medications are they on, if any, um, you know, are they, um, do they have any retinopathy, and then going into that side of things, and then do they have any neuropathy, going into that side of things, so we will come with this big bundle of information for an underwriter, I suppose it's quite interesting to sort of like think, I say in my mind, I kind of, again, I imagine kind of like a 
um, maybe just like a word document or something, but with it, like some kind of if statements to say, like, right, the person has diabetes, right? So if the HbA1c is less than five, this is what happens. If it's over five, this is what happens. Um, if they have retinopathy, we're going to go down to some other kind of aspect of the table, and that's going to add, add extra things into it and, um, and extra considerations. So I suppose my query is, you know, if I were to bring that to you, so, so what happens? How is that kind of all put into play by an underwriter? Well, that, that's 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 pretty pretty close to, to reality, actually. Um, the, the 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 classic rating table for diabetes will have a um, uh, a series of basic ratings, which are really um, uh, based on the the type of diabetes: is it type one, is it type two, uh, the age of the um, uh, of the applicant, and the duration that they have had uh, the, the the condition. And then there, there, there are a load of um, adjustment factors um, for, um, uh, uh, for, for the additional uh, factors. So um, if, there is, uh, if there is retinopathy, that would cause for, for, um, uh, 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 for a modification, so a, 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 um, um, an additional rating. If there, and likewise, for high blood pressure and uh, um, an and abnormal lipids. There might also be uh, uh, an additional uh, rating on top of those to, to take account of the uh, interdependence of, um, of those various risk factors. Um, there might be um, some, uh, some credit factors given as well. For, for example, if uh, control is, 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 exceptionally, is exceptionally good, that, that 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 would be uh, regarded as a uh, as a credit feature, and eligible for a um, for a reduction in the basic rating. Similarly, if control were poor, uh, then 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 that would be worth a, a debit. And actually, um, uh, diabetes is a good example of where something like a calculator would uh, be useful. And underwriting manuals increasingly have. Uh, have, have calculators these days, which is one of the advantages of um, having a, a manual online and not not on um, and, um, and not in book form. So whereas uh, back in the day, the underwriter would look up a uh, a rating table for uh, BMI or blood pressure, now it's done via a calculator. And typically, those 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 two risk factors are part of a uh, a part of a cardiovascular disease risk factor. So um, the cardiovascular risk factor will cover uh, build blood pressure, lipids, smoking, um, uh, 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 glucose metabolism, uh, including diabetes. And if the diabetic risk is particularly complex, then that might be better addressed in a um, in, in a in a separate uh, calculator. But another uh, interesting area for calculators is breast cancer uh, and, and certain other cancers as well, where a lot of factors go into making up the overall rating rather than uh, rather mess around with uh, a basic rating and debits and credits, far better to, to, to do that via a calculator. And it, it makes the underwriter's job easier, but importantly, uh, it helps uh, uh, avoid the underwriter making mistakes and it also guides the underwriter as well because it's um, saying to the underwriter, look, these are the things that which you need to um, plug into this calculator. Have you got that information? And, or, or you know, uh, make sure you go and find it 
in the information that you've got. So you get more consistent underwriting as well. And it, it's really the way things are going. And I think it's, um, it's by and large a good thing. Yeah, it's interesting what you're saying about the about the consistent underwriting. So because it is quite unusual as an advisor, because you know there are times that I've maybe you know seen something you know where uh, we've had an indication in from an insurer, and I've thought that's a bit harsh, or it could be a case of I've thought that sounds really good for this situation based upon my experience. And sometimes you know, I imagine obviously those calculators are brilliant, but then sometimes you still just need that little bit of a, an interpretation sometimes. And I sometimes do get things just over checks by maybe somebody sort of sometimes a bit senior just to make sure that um, things are absolutely as expected because um, because yeah sometimes you know I think sometimes these interpretations can it can be really positive and then sometimes you can be kind of like no I think that's I think we can maybe be a bit bit better on that one maybe um, not saying for everybody to just go around uh, challenging all the insurers everywhere here there and everywhere now but it's just sometimes from your experience if you're experiencing something quite a bit and you end up seeing something that just doesn't feel like it's gelling compared to what you've experienced before it's always worth I think an extra chat with somebody just to sort of like clarify and, and maybe even use past examples and say well last time we had this so what's different now because that's not only it could be that there's been maybe a slightly different interpretation by an underwriter, but it could also be as well that it's for yourself that you're missing a kind of a piece of the puzzle. You're just not seeing it. And then you suddenly learn something extra about the medical condition or the risk. And then you're like, oh, okay, then. And it suddenly makes a lot more sense for you. So it's, it's good learning, I think, for everybody. Um, yes. I mean, what, what, what you've done is, is, is to highlight that underwriters are, are human, yeah. which is a good and a bad thing. You know, because um, unfortunately they they are a bit inconsistent. You know, and um, there's 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 a risk that the um, uh, the, the case underwritten on um, 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 on a Monday morning or a Friday uh, afternoon is is different from one written uh, so from from one um, assessed midweek. You know, mm. um, but at the same time, I, I I I think it's important not to lose the human touch. I mean, and the 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 underwriting manual really provides guidance and and just that and it's really up to the underwriter at the end of the day to reach the final decision um and it's interesting maybe here to bring in automated underwriting which uh, obviously avoids that um that 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 human variation but it's 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 important not to lose the personal touch really because sometimes uh automated underwriting can be can be too black and white mm. and it's important to not to lose the the human touch of, of, of the ability of the underwriter to look at the case and say well I've got information here but I, I, I really would like a bit more in order to evaluate this risk fairly yeah and, and, and I think that insurers while they owe it to their customers and advisors to reach underwriting decisions quickly, they shouldn't always be afraid to go back and say, well, actually, I'd like a bit more information here. And that's not copping out mm. and, 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 and trying to avoid making a decision. It's saying, well, I think if we had a bit more information, we took a bit more time and trouble, um, we could reach a better outcome for the uh, for the customer here, and it will be worthwhile. And I think you know, something like something like mental illness is, mm. is 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 not a bad example of that because there are plenty of shades of grey there. 
but it's important to, to really understand what's going on and not just to take a few statements at face value and say, well, you know, one plus two plus three equals, um, equals, equals six, and that's the answer. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned the mental health side of things there, because that's an area that I really specialize in as well. And it's one of the things, you know, whenever I've been speaking to insurers and different people and they're asked, you know, it's like, oh, what do you think of this new automation? It's just like, I think the automated side of things can work brilliantly for some people and obviously can really streamline things, make things efficient in, in many ways. But for a lot of our clients, the automated side of things just doesn't work. And, you know, it's it, it's just not something that really comes into play at all. Um, one thing that stands out, I can't share much information because obviously it's the, the case is too too distinct for me to make it anonymous in any way whatsoever. But we did have a situation with somebody a little while ago where there had been a suicide attempt. And obviously for most insurers, that was, you know, I mean, they're even better now, you know, in terms of like understanding and everything. But at the time, you know, obviously it was something where it was a case of, well, we're not too sure. It was quite, not recent, recent, but in in the insurance world, recent. Um, And what was interesting about that was that this person did experience something that was beyond anybody could comprehend kind of happening to them it was a situation that was it was so unique it was so emotionally traumatic um but there was absolutely no feasible way that that trigger event in a sense would happen again it was such a unique situation so i can't it's really hard because i can't go into it and explain it but if i could everybody would understand very much so um but yeah it was one of those things where they yeah there was just no um, there was no way that they could potentially be in that situation again. And it was a case of saying to people, you need to actually really look at this. We know it's quite soon compared to what you would usually consider, or maybe you just don't consider people in this situation at all, but you must look at the, the story behind this. And, you know, they did. And we managed to to get the cover and it was extremely well-priced. And, you know, it was something where I was really happy and it, it sort of it really for what we do and for our client base, it's kind of like really touched us that there was that thing of, you know, the human aspects of the underwriters that they just turned around and said, you know what, these systems are not working in this situation and we need to, to bring ourselves into it. And it was, um, it was lovely to be able to, to have that and to have their confidence as well, that we were bringing the right information to them. Mm. Um, I think I've got a little bit sidetracked there. Um, so I think, um, something that'd be really good is to talk about how underwriting manuals, um, obviously they help to form the underwriting philosophy that an insurer uses. So it's interesting for me because I kind of see underwriters and actuaries providing all sorts of like the number and the data. And I kind of, for me, in my mind, I kind of feel like it goes actuaries, then underwriters, then the underwriting philosophies team. I've no idea if that's right. It's quite hard. I think sometimes as an advisor to kind of figure out how all the, the processes come into play. So you've, you've done it, you've created a manual you've got all these things in play and let me know if obviously I've got them in like the wrong order or anything like that. But then how is the manual then put into practice within an insurance company? Okay. Well, the, the insurer has its own underwriting philosophy, which defines what the, what they regard as a standard risk, a normal rates risk and the information that they need in order to, uh, to 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 uh, to identify one of those one of those lives, and that's done uh, in conjunction with the 
in conjunction with the reinsurer. So um, they, 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 what, what, what the insurer does is to define, the, define those basic, basic parameters. And it's got to be done in conjunction with the reinsurer because the reinsurer has got to be happy with the risks which, which, which come into those boundaries and, and reinsure them for the, for the agreed price. Now, where the underwriting manual comes in is, 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 is partly in, uh, in defining uh, those standard lives because for basic things like um, uh, build and blood pressure, uh, we, the, the, the underwriting manual sets out you know, uh, what are the normal ranges. But the important thing the underwriting manual does is uh, it gives guidelines for those cases which are beyond those, those boundaries of, of normality. So um, if, 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 if someone is, um, is, is morbidly obese, you know, that they, they have a BMI of 35 or something, well, you know, what's, what's the underwriting handling of, uh, of that risk? If someone has uh, uh, uncontrolled blood pressure of, you know, in the order of 170, uh, 100, you know, how should that case be handled? And, and if someone has a history of, 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 a, of a medical condition, you know, um, what's, what, what's the implications? And um, so uh, the, the, the life insurer generally has a, a, uh, an underwriting manual from one, of the, um, from one of the big reinsurers, and they agree with that insurer and any other uh, reinsurer that they deal with uh, that that is the, that is the, basics, uh, the, 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 the basis of their, of their substandard underwriting philosophy. The research is into... Uh, sources of data, particularly for um, medical data, because it's medical risk which forms the bulk of the of, of the underwriter's work. So um, the underwriter and his um, his or her uh, uh, medical advisor will trawl uh, databases for information, journal articles, um, research papers, uh, epidemiological studies, and then they will uh, review that and th that, that information and draw some overall conclusions about how significant a medical condition is. Hmm. And the, 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 the difficult bit of the work then is to interpret that information and say, well, okay, that's what the world of medicine, of clinical medicine is telling us, what does it mean for the, for the world of life insurance? And they'll seek the actuary's advice there. And then uh, the, 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 between them, that group will reach uh, some, some overall conclusions. The, another tricky bit is to say, well, okay, they've told us about the significance of diabetes um, and perhaps at various ages, but what about diabetes that has been uh, present for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. What about the, the impact of neuropathy and, and, and retinopathy? And often the data isn't that clear on that. So uh, the underwriter and the actuary and the medical officer needs to make a judgment call in order to, to uh, formulate the detailed guidelines in the underwriting manual. So the, the research and the, 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 the evidence base for that research is just part of the journey really. So it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complex process. It's based on evidence, and rightly so, 
but a lot of judgments called for. Absolutely. I think, it, Sophie, when you say like the, you know, the judgments and everything with these manuals, it comes down to essentially where the underwriters, the actuaries, everybody, the chief medical officers all feel that there is a high risk of a claim to the insurer. So I know we've mentioned quite a bit about the health side of things, but in an underwriting manual, what are the main areas or, or you know, sorry, what's being covered in them? What are, we, what are we talking about? What are the risks that an insurer will be really looking out for? Well, primarily uh, medical risks, but the the, um, the underwriting manuals, a, 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 a good underwriting manual is 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 really comprehensive. So the you know, the 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 world risk for the life and disability underwriter is is, is medical, obviously, but there's also um, occupational underwriting, sports and pastimes, foreign travel, um, and also financial risks as well. So and and, and um, you know, uh, financial underwriting. Might not be that prominent, but it's um, an essential part of the underwriting of of every case. In fact, so you know a, the the underwriting manual needs to have comprehensive guidelines for um, you know uh, for a, a wide range of occupations, and of course all the risky sports and pastimes as well. And the the underwriting manual also needs to have a view on every every country in the world, basically, you know from. Um, uh, uh, Azerbaijan to Zambia, and and uh, uh, and a few places in between. Absolutely, I think um, it always stands out to me like the sports and the pastimes as well, because it's things that you know, as you're learning as an advisor, sometimes when you're asking people things, if you're trying to do some research beforehand, you know, you can sometimes, if you know that there's a specific risk that you need to speak to somebody about, then you can kind of get almost lost within that risk, and then you know, you kind of get so focused in that that you forget about other things. So other things that I always try to do now is like, you know, we ask, you know, about the health, but we ask about all these other areas as well, about the sports, the travel and everything. And it's quite hard. And what I always try and do is say to people, like, especially on the sports and the pastimes thing, I was like, you know, are you doing anything like um, super, I was, I said something like, are you doing anything like super crazy on a weekend, like jumping out of airplanes, riding a motorbike, horse riding? And I always put those two in at the end because it surprised me how you can get caught out as an advisor when you're doing your research by motorbike riding and the horse riding. The horse riding always tickles me. Um, and I know obviously generally certain amounts of horse riding are fine, but you know people don't necessarily think of that. When you ask to somebody, you know, are you doing anything dangerous? They often don't think about being on a motorbike or being on a horse. They, they, that's just not to them something that's dangerous. And obviously it can change things so significantly in terms of what you can do, which insurer you should choose. And um, yeah, they always tickle me. So that's a bit of a tip for advisors that are listening. Try and, uh, <laughs> try and make sure that you ask all those little bits as well, because it really, really does um, make a difference. Actually, it, it, it's, um, it's interesting because um, um, jumping out of aeroplanes is, generally speaking, um, uh, very safe and, 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 and not an issue at all. Um, but, the the safety um, measures are intense, aren't they? We often find that we do... Well, this is it. We do quite a bit of support for people who are offshore workers, and um, you know, depending upon the role and everything, obviously things again I think have developed quite a lot, you know, since we were originally started with um, advising. But it's quite interesting because you'll be saying to people, "I actually, this is a really good option." I, I was supporting somebody who wants to get insurance, and they were a wildlife videographer for one of the key. Um, key shows that does things like that and um it was really interesting because it was a case of right where do you travel on holiday and they had to stand in front of a map 
and tell me where they'd been in the last five years. And then it was a case of where are you going in the next three years? And I'm like, I haven't got a clue, but I'll be in every continent. And it was like, okay. <laughs> and then when it came to the um, came to the pastimes, every single pastime you can think of, I was having to go, yes, I was having to get all the information for. And it was you, it was one of those things, I think, as an advisor, you were looking at it and thinking, oh, wow, you know, this is going to be tricky. And I think when we spoke to quite a few of the underwriters, they were like, wow. But what was interesting about that is being able to say to them, but the organization he's with, the safety measures that have to be in place are so intense. Like you were just saying about the skydiving and also similarly, you know, for quite a few other things, they can be so intense that actually, again, it comes down to that little bit of the human side of things. It's like being able to sit there with an underwriter and just say, right, well, actually, I know this is all looking a little bit, you know, at, at, from first thing, I can understand that black and white. However, let's just let's just have a little bit of a chat about it. Let's see what's going on. You know, I think that there's maybe... Not saying that there's no risk, but maybe there's steps in place that can make this a little bit more favourable. Sometimes I think sometimes the more information you get, the better. Absolutely, and 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 I think uh, that that's a that's a great illustration um, of why underwriters really need to think about risks and not just um, look um, the look something up in a, in 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 an underwriting manual. You know, because uh, particularly big organisations, if they're sending people abroad somewhere. If you, even if they're doing kind of odd things, you know, they, 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 they put safety measures in place. They, they have safety nets. You know, they, 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 want their, they want to look after their people. They've got to. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, just because someone's going into a remote part of, um, a remote part of the world, it, it, it doesn't mean it's unsafe, you know? And, Absolutely. Um, and, 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 and also... Even in places which are you know, politically unstable, the, the risk isn't necessarily that um, isn't necessarily that great. The 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 the, the big problem occupations are those that go looking for political trouble. And I'm thinking thinking about journalists here. You know, the oh. BBC journalists or or, or, or um, whatever. You know, most people would would run a mile from um, some oh, yeah. from terrorist risk and and, and, and war. Um, but journalists, on the other hand, go looking for it. You, you, you've got to take every case on its merits. Yeah, absolutely. No, completely. Um, I think with, obviously, going back to sort of your your background and everything, I suppose an interesting for me, I'd say, is trying to picture these underwriting manuals. I'm just sort of wondering, how are they kind of built? So if I were to say to you, right, Peter, can you build me an underwriting manual? Kind of, where would where would you even start with something like that? Well, uh, the first thing you, you 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 need to do is to is is to, is to build a platform for it actually, um, you know, because if 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 it's going to be um, a decent decent online thing, and the, the 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 functionality is 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 important, you know, particularly in 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 today's world of um, of technology. But for a start, people expect technology, and the uh, the other thing is that you can make technology work for you. Um, I'm thinking in particular about the uh, the calculators that we um, spoke about, and looking to the future, um, the the gap between automated underwriting and underwriting manuals is is going to narrow, and also you know we foresee um, things like artificial intelligence coming in, which is you know, to 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 shape the way that um, underwriting manuals uh, work. Um, shape the relationship with um, uh, automated underwriting systems and um, 
the 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 way that underwriting uh, decisions are are reached, but uh, otherwise um, the, the 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 creation of an underwriting manual is all about the is all about the research. Um, it's about um, uh, creating the background information, and it's about um, uh, it's about creating the the underwriting guidelines and. Just in, 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 in interpret, sorry, just developing that point which we were discussing before about uh, in, interpretation. Um, a, a lot of uh, it, the, the, the underwriting manual and the guidelines is about an evidence base, but as I said before, that evidence base isn't that extensive and it, it um, it doesn't extend to the sort of detail that underwriters require for creating a, uh, a detailed rating set of rating guidelines for various various severities. And realistically, you know, while good information is available for the big common risk factors, for you know the the less common ones, which nevertheless uh, people expect. Uh, there to be an underwriting guideline for, very, very often it's a case of educated guesswork. Mm. And you know, th 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 there will be evidence to suggest that this is either a normal risk or it's, uh, an, uh, uh, or it's an increased risk. But just how much, uh, it, how, how much of an increased risk is, is difficult to prove, although it's obvious that it is one. And I think here that um, really, you know, the, the, the customers and advisors need to trust the underwriter. And it's important for the underwriter and the manual compiler to do a good job for the advisor and his or her customer. You know, it's important that they have faith in what the underwriter has done and what the underwriting manual says. And I think that, um, you know, uh, as I say, it, it, it comes down to educated guesswork and uh, the, 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 and, and doing, that, doing that good job um, is something which we, you know, which the underwriting community owes to customers and advisors. And it will be wrong for underwriters to say, well, we haven't got a clue what this 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 risk is. We'll charge you know uh, plus fifty or you know x x x, x per thousand, x per mil. Um, uh, if you don't like it, go away. You know, it, it needs to be uh, a good ed ed educated guess. But e equally, um, it will be unreasonable for anyone to turn around and say, well, you haven't got. Um, uh, Evidence to um, uh, back up that 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 risk in great detail. You're not doing your job properly. And sometimes it's it's yeah. it's just not possible to do the job as well as the underwriter would would like. And it's so uh, it's important for insurers to be able to say, well, we've looked at this. We think it's a fair price, but you're quite at liberty to get. A quote from somewhere else to see if they can do better yeah i think a big thing that came from that for me as well is you know when you're saying that is um the need to obviously 
be open and talking as well. So, you know, for, you know, for to have time, you know, for the underwriters to be able to speak to the advisor to sort of like explain, you know, sort of like, well, this is what we're looking at because, you know, we've got this situation. There isn't any guidance on it because it's so unusual. Probably the advisor at this point knows that it's such an unusual situation and, and probably can appreciate to some extent that, um, that there isn't going to necessarily be a specific section written about this and it is almost a little bit of guesswork but I mean that's that's obviously it has to be the way it is sometimes um but I think as well it's then it's, it's that nice balance of underwriters having the time and maybe the um the willing to sort of like educate advisors a bit a bit more on some of the conditions but I think on the other side of that very much so it's advisors not assuming that underwriters are just there to put barriers up everywhere and to actually think of the underwriters as a really valuable resource for, for them to actually be trained and educated by the underwriter. And, and it's kind of a mix, isn't it? Because, you know, I know we all talk about efficiency and we've talked a little bit about the automation and everything, but it comes down to we need to have time to actually speak because underwriters, they don't really know in full what advisors do. And advisors definitely don't know in full what an underwriter does. And, you know, being involved in quite a few different groups. And it's amazing when you actually sit down and get the people together from all these different areas, how they suddenly look at each other and go, I didn't know it worked like that. And it's just like, yeah, it really does work like that. And we all just Mm. go around that saying that to each other. And the amount of development and change that actually seems to happen from those conversations is brilliant. And it's, um, it's definitely something that I would say for advisors is, you know, when you're speaking to an underwriter, if, you know, things aren't seeming to make sense, you know, just ask them to go back a step and just say, you know, like, okay, look, I'm, I'm getting a little bit lost here. Can you just explain to me? So why is this happening this way? So what information am I missing? Um, you know, this was slightly different with that case I spoke to you about the other week. Why is it different now? Um, is Am I missing something? And to try and think of both sides of things as a, as a bit of a, a resource and obviously there's going to be some underwriters who are incredibly busy and may not have time to be able to to do that and there's going to be advisors who are also incredibly busy and, and probably some advisors who maybe going in depth into the risks isn't necessarily something that they particularly want to do and you know maybe they need to think of a slightly different approach when it comes to their clients so collaboration I'm all for collaboration. Um, yes I, I, I think that good um, good advisors and good underwriters have um have a lot, have a lot of shared interests actually. Yeah, and, I think um, so. I, I, I think that really uh, the the advisors and insurers have to work out what 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 game they're in really. Um, are are they in the business of um, uh, and, and insurers in in particular are they in the business of um, uh, just processing straightforward cases as quickly as possible and making it easy and simple. Um, or are they in the business of um, uh, uh, dealing with customers truly as individuals and providing a a personal tailored service? And 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 and, and that includes you know the the risk assessment as well. Mm. Um, I'm not sure it's possible to be in in, in both camps. Ideally, they should be, you know, but. Yeah. Um, Perhaps in 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 future, you know, the 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 the, the proposition will very much shape the um, uh, the 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 choice of the advisor and the and the, and the and the insurer. You know, in these days of, it's it's increasingly possible to do mass customization, but some some cases really do need that individual treatment to get the best deal. 
And uh, you know, I, I, I think you know, if, if if that means paying a little bit more for it, you know, uh, ultimately the customer's the customer's the winner. Yeah, that, that's 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 the important thing. Absolutely. We're coming towards the end of the podcast now. So I was just wondering if you could let us know a little bit more about Select X, if that's okay, your company. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, Select X has, has, has been around since the early 2000s. Um, I, I, I co-founded it. We are a, um, a niche consultancy specializing in life and disability underwriting. So we um, uh, advise anyone uh, Insurers, reinsurers, uh, distributors sometimes, uh, software houses, anyone who has an interest in the in in in, in the underwriting business, really. And we have um, two uh, specialisms, really. One is um, uh, automated underwriting systems. So we help um, we, we we provide the intelligence inside automated systems, and we advise on. Uh, the implementation and customization of um, automated systems so they work uh, optimally for um, uh, for all stakeholders. And the other uh, specialism is um, underwriting manuals, which is partly, uh, I, I guess, why you're talking to me today. And we we have our own independent uh, underwriting manual, and it, it's uh, as comprehensive and uh, has the functionality that you would expect from one of the one of the big manuals from or one of the well-known manuals from from one of the big one of the big reinsurers. And we, we we created it because in the past we had done a lot of we'd done a number of one-off projects uh, creating underwriting manuals from scratch. So that's you know, all the medical risks, you know, the occupations, the Sports and pastimes, the travel, all the rest of it. We thought, well, this is this is this is uh, reinventing the wheel every time. Why don't we have a basic manual, which um, uh, is 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 readily readily available there? If someone wants an underwriting manual, they can have it tomorrow almost. All they've got to do is is log in. If they want it customized, we can do that. If they want it um, uh, to 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 have their 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 corporate branding, we can do that. And we will um, uh, uh, make it available as software as a service. And part of the deal is that we keep it up to date because risks are changing all the time. When you mentioned um, HIV, Catherine, earlier in our discussion, well, that 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 wasn't around in the um, in the nineteen seventies, um, but it, um, it 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 came to to um, came to be it could be recognised in the nineteen nineties. More recently, of course, we've had COVID nineteen. That's that's in the underwriting manuals and went in during twenty twenty. So risks are changing all the time. So we we created our own underwriting manual called um, called Risk Apps, and uh, we have something like a dozen clients using it in um, in all parts of the world, uh, apart from in, apart from Antarctica. Otherwise, okay. we have um, we have clients on every on every continent. Um, yeah, so that that's um, that's that's risk apps. And um, by the way, who 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 would want an underwriting manual? Well, uh, if you were a uh, a small regional reinsurer that felt you needed a a, a manual to, um, to 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 um, to 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 be able to serve your clients properly, well, there's 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 risk apps. 
if you're a spoilish insurer that doesn't have a, a reinsurer relationship, which would entitle you to, uh, to, to, to their underwriting manual, mm. we, you can have risk apps. Or maybe if you are a, a large international insurer that feels it's bigger than one of the um, uh, one, one, one of the uh, one of the reinsurers, and, you, and uh, wants to be independent of its reinsurers, it can have its own underwriting manual via risk apps. So that's um, it's a brief summary. Brilliant, fantastic. Thank you so much. It's been really, really lovely chatting to you, Peter. Likewise. Um, I'm going to be back soon with Roy McLaughlin for his first outing of season four. And if you'd like a reminder of the next episode, please drop me a message on social media or visit the website practical-protection.co.uk. And don't forget, if you've listened to, listened to this as part of your work, you can claim a CPD certificate on the website too, thanks to our sponsors, Octo members. So thank you, Peter. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.